Greetings to the brightest audience in the country. Welcome to Bob and Yurt Live. I'm the pastor of Denver Bible Church, a dear friend of this program. For 25 years, Dr. Judith Reisman has passed away about a week ago, and so today's show will honor her. But I would like to mention that we just uploaded this weekend to our YouTube channel, Dominic Enyart's talk at the nation's only in-person March for Life. It's actually in Colorado, the March for Abolition. And that's on YouTube. It immediately hit a 1,000 views. Hopefully it'll reach thousands of people. You can do your part. Please help us. You could go to kgov.com and then at the top, click on our YouTube channel or go to YouTube and search for Bob and Yurt Live. Any engagement you do with it, if you like it, share it, comment, will help more people find it So, of course, Cheryl and I are so proud of our son, Dominic, our youngest of seven sons. We're proud of them all. And this is a neat opportunity to reach people with the abolition message of being sold out to Jesus Christ and loving your neighbor. All right, so Judith Reisman, first time we interviewed her about a quarter of a century ago on Bob and Yurt Live was on her book, titled, and it's awkward to interview a woman on a book about pornography, but Judith was a scholar, as classy as they come, her book title, Soft Porn Plays Hardball. We were so thankful when that book came out because so many Christians who are activists trying to fight to protect not only children, but adults, men, marriages, families— from pornography, they focus on obscenity, and it's like they think that regular pornography shouldn't be criminalized and is not as dangerous. That is totally false. So we interviewed Judith Reisman a number of times, and the last time, I believe, was in 2012, when the founder of Wikipedia wanted to sue her. He said he was going to sue Judith Reisman and WorldNet Daily two of our friends, for libeling him because Judith had been exposing his former life as a pornography trafficker. And what's bizarre about his threat to sue her is that the Wikipedia article about Jimmy Wales, the founder of Wikipedia, states that he was a pornography trafficker. So the immoral worldview of Wikipedia is the immoral worldview of its founder. The materialist, godless, atheist worldview of Wikipedia comes through on hundreds of thousands of its articles. And so Judith was the bane of Wikipedia, the way she was also the bane of the pornography industry. You'll recall some time ago that I was up against Larry Flint on an ABC TV program, Politically Incorrect with Bill Maher. In fact, we'll embed that video on today's show summary page at kgov.com. 
You could go to kgov.com slash Reisman for Judith, R-E-I-S-M-A-N, or a KGov show page for April 19th, 2021. Right now, we're going to do something different. A husband and wife team, Mark and Amber Archer from Indiana, they are documentary producers, and they've done a series of interviews with Dr. Judith Reisman recently, and now that Judith has passed away, they honored her in their podcast this past week. And by the way, the Archers have a documentary coming out, The Mind Polluters. Can't wait to watch that. And this audio they have with Judith, it's just very casual background information that hasn't been heard before. So we want to join that in progress. Judith was really looking forward to continuing to travel and further the cause of protecting children. Yeah, you could tell when we were with her that she really wanted to travel. And we were so blessed to be able to go to her and see her and see her collection there in the Reisman Institute because she was not able to come to the Purple for Parents conference in Napanee, Indiana, mm-hmm. where we would have probably tried to interview her while she was here and we would have missed out on that. Yeah. Another comment that I saw this morning Thomas Hampson, the president of the Truth Alliance Foundation, and I don't know him. But this is what he wrote. He said, Judith's death is a great loss to our cause. She was a wonderful woman, a tireless worker, a brilliant thinker, and a prolific writer. She certainly was. Yeah. I will miss her greatly. I was privileged to have worked with her on a number of projects and especially to have accompanied her to Croatia. I think the worst thing about growing old is experiencing the loss of so many we have come to love. But Judith was a believer, so I know the separation will be relatively brief. May God comfort her family, and may he inspire all of us to further the work to which she dedicated her life, protecting children. Mm -hmm. When we first met Judith, we took her to dinner. The first thing that she said when we sat down is she looked at our 10-year-old and just said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I couldn't do more. You could tell that the weight of her life's work was so heavy at times. Yeah. And she really took a took a liking to Elizabeth. And we figured out later the reason why she attached herself to Elizabeth so quickly was because Elizabeth was the same age that her daughter Jenny was when when she was attacked. Yeah. And I think and her and Judas daughter Jenny if if you haven't listened go back and listen to the five part with Judith to to understand her why yeah. it makes it so powerful but her daughter Jenny at the age of 10 was was attacked and raped mm-hmm. and by another young boy by a 13 year old yeah and that is the trigger that set Judith on this path let's listen to Judith she's going to talk about the battle to get her final report submitted to the DOJ uh-huh. and everything that was going on there. And then she's going to talk about how Jerry Falwell got involved and Who's how the president she, of Liberty University. Who, yeah. Founder. Who founded Liberty University and how he 
saved her report and saved her work mm -hmm. and why she ended up and her collection ended up at Liberty University. When I was doing my research, it was getting a lot of publicity, negative publicity, I must say, and a lot of threats. And I was at the point where I had to leave. I had to leave American University because they were practically threw the Xerox machine out the window after me, you know, uh, because remember, they were being threatened themselves with lawsuits. Their president was a pedophile. Their head of the department was like, oh, is a pedophile. So it was a problematic thing, but nobody knew that at the time. We just knew, uh, we, we did know that they said, um, we will edit your report. Um, we'll edit your report for, you know, like an editor would edit, and we'll send it to you and so on. Well, okay, but you have got to leave. You are not going to be here anymore. So I left. Um I had a problem when I had three congressional investigations of my work, okay. We had someone come in and search my files. We had uh, all kinds of monkey business going on within our structure uh, that were that indicated that there was there were people out there who were did not like what I was doing. Um, so when I left, uh, I had one copy of my report, not the edited report, but my report. And that was all. I, had, I didn't have another copy. And I was waiting to get the finished piece from the university. Well, it didn't come, and it didn't come, and it didn't come. And I waited, I remember how long I waited, but I, about six months, eight months for them to finish it. And for some reason, anyway, it wasn't gonna happen. So I didn't know what to do. So I had to turn it in to the Department of Justice, but I didn't have a copy. Suddenly, I'm waiting for all this, right, and I get letters, the letters from my peer review that says that this is a crappy report. Now, that was weird. I mean, because they, they knew what I was doing. They knew everything I was doing. And now all of a sudden they're telling me it was a crappy report. It couldn't be. So I call up one of my peers. And I said, what is this? You said the report is no good. I mean, it was worded differently, mm -hmm. you know, a little better. And she said, well... So, uh, you know, we got your report, and it was terrible. You know, it didn't make any sense and all that. I said, well, send it to me. What, what do you mean? D they didn't send it to me. They mm -hmm. sent it to them. Mm -hmm. All right. Oh, and that's right. And it was in all the newspapers that my peer review said, reviewers said the report was no good. Oh, flawed. Oh, terribly flawed. It was in the Washington Post, everything. I had never seen it since they so-called edited the report. So she finally sent it to me, and I'm looking at it, and the whole thing has been gutted, mm. boulderized. 
things put in, things taken out, you you know, absolutely horrible. And I had my original Mm -hmm. and I had this piece of material. So what am I going to do? So that's when I accepted the offer, which was handed out to me, to come to Virginia. And Dr. Falwell said that he would reproduce my original report as it was. No editing, just there's the report. So I said, okay. So they brought me out here. It was a small place at the time. It brought me in this big, you know, just a like for a retail thing kind of. And anyway, so he turned over all his secretaries to me. We have 14 secretaries. Yeah. And turned over his graphics guy who did all, redid all my graphics, mm-hmm. turned uh, turned everybody. I mean, he just turned the whole place over to me so that I could put it back together mm-hmm. properly. So we started working on it. But, I mean, it's a huge report. So um, it was a couple of weeks, three, no, six weeks, six weeks. I don't know. Six weeks? And um, I get a call from my daughter, and she says, uh, Mom, she says, uh, th- this gal, uh, Swit, what's her name? Pam, Pamela, whatever her name is, a horrible person, you know, called and said, you have to have your report in t- uh, tomorrow or the day after tomorrow, I remember which, or they're going to send out the report, you know, an announcement to all the newspapers, you know, that you have failed and so on and so on. I said, what are you talking about? They had it for six months or whatever, and I'm supposed to turn it in. Yes, you have to have it in. Okay, so so I told them at the office here the situation, and those people— the, the ladies stood at a table twice as long as this, and they stood because we didn't have collating machines mm. at the time. We didn't have anyway. And they ran the, my report, the one to the next to the next, and they collated, you know, and it was a report about like that. Wow. Yeah. Because we had not just the data, but we had everything. And... um and at the end of the day, they said, okay, show up. Because he had put me up in a little hotel. So I had my, you know, a bag. And I show up and they have this, the, the plane. And they put me in the plane with uh, Charlie. What was his last name? And um, they, fl- I mean, it was like out of, uh, you know, a James Bond thing or something. So I switch me. Put me in a plane with all these. We had six copies. They were up to here on a, you know, trudgy thing. And we fly into the airport in Washington, D.C., the private airport. We land there. They have a black, you know, car um, to pick me up. Me and uh, Charlie and me, and we load in my stuff, and we zoom out to the. Um, I thought we'd have somebody following us and shooting or something. Stop anyway, the, stop the tape. Stop the tape. Just briefly, uh, that Charlie, what's his name? I believe that was Charlie Keating, 
who was involved with Dr. Judith Reisman, who we're hearing her recollections now about a week after she's gone to be with the Lord, and Jerry Falwell and others on this very significant research on the harm done from pornography to children especially, but of course to everyone. We we land at, uh, put, bring me to the Justice Department, and we pull in, and he was the head of the moral majority at the time. That was not a small thing. So we go into the office, and I'm sitting there with the moral majority, head of the moral majority. Politically speaking, for Washington, that makes a difference. And so he gives his name at the desk, and oh, well, so then they whisk us upstairs, and we are met by the new head of the Department of Office of Juvenile Justice and Delinquency Prevention because they got rid of the other one, Regnery. They put this guy in. This guy was, and he was not happy to see me, but he was very polite to Charlie, you know. Oh, yes, okay. We were there maybe two minutes presenting all of our documents. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, we had copies for everybody, six copies. And this Pam Swain, that was her name, Pam Swain. I don't mind using it at all. And she was there, you know, an unhappy Pam. She was mm-hmm. unhappy. They were both unhappy mm-hmm. because I turned it in. Mm-hmm. On time. And um, so we were whisked out. You know, there were, it wasn't a photo op. <laughs> there was no photo op. Whisked out. I went home. They, they dropped me at home, and he, he flew back here. The next day, now that was, at I'd say, at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. The very Next day, I get the newspaper, the Washington Post, and there's an article, big article. I have it here somewhere. Um, OJJDP rejects Reisman report as flawed. The next day. Stop the tape, stop the tape. wait a minute. So it's obvious what's going on. We don't need comments from me, but the government is so committed to its immoral, godless worldview that any effort to show that trafficking in human sexuality, and by that I don't mean human slavery, that's the common use of the term, but trafficking in human sexuality is wrong, it's destructive, it's immoral, And like when I was on with Bill Maher and Larry Flint, the knee-jerk reaction is to mock anyone who would remind people what millions of us do know, that sex outside of marriage is destructive. I was the expert. Where did they go from from 4 o'clock in the afternoon to the morning paper? That, it, that they have reviewed the report, uh, experts have reviewed the report and have said that it was flawed and it was this and it was that. So it was all set. Mm-hmm. It was set to go, the newspaper column. 
So can can you tell people how all of your research got brought here to Liberty? Oh, yeah. So, oh. well, um, yeah, I, I, there I, I'm stuck with all these books, you know, and all these files, right? And I'm thinking they're valuable. You, you know, we shouldn't put them just in a dump. Now I did dump most. I, I had all the Playboys and the Hustlers, and I put them in black bags, and I did take them to the dump, except for a few that I needed to keep for documentation. Anyway, so stop the tape. Stop the tape. The examples that Judith Reisman presented in her research devastating the use of children in mainstream pornography in fact Hugh Hefner for decades including in his pornography that he sells to men who are addicted to lusting after women including photographs of the women in the pornography from when they were young when they were children so next to the sexually explicit images the image of the same woman when she was a child. How's that? And when she was a teenager. Larry Flint on the cover of one of his magazines putting a woman, was it a cheerleader, into a meat grinder. And their constant repetition of promoting a worldview of sexual violence against women and sexualizing young girls, children. So I'm thrilled to hear that Judith put in the dump and notice she made it clear. She didn't just throw these out. How many children have been destroyed by pornography thrown out by their neighbors and a nine-year-old boy walking down the street, pulls something out of a trash can that has happened. We know by extension of the examples we have encountered that has happened countless tens of thousands or a hundred thousand or more times for documentation. Anyway, so uh, what am I going to do with it all? Yeah. And I was kind of get, getting kicked out of one place or another. You, you know, what are you going to do with it? So at the last minute, I contact, I was in, in Arizona, I contacted Matt Staver, who was at the time head of the law department here the dean of the law department. And I had seen him a couple of places. I knew his work and I thought, well, I'll try. So I contacted him and he said, he, he said, we would be honored to have your, all of your archive here. I said, you don't know how much it's, it's kind of big. And he said, no problem. Yeah. So we put it all on things, you know, and boxed it and so on. And, sent it all out and um and he he was absolutely fantastic matt was he as the dean here he was he was fantastic and so when i got here um it took a while but they they made me an offer to come down and um to to take a position as a research research professor and he would build this for me. Stop the tape. By the way, Matthew Staver with Liberty Council, he came here to Colorado in 2008. We had a press conference about the bill that ha has become law now at the time, Senate Bill 200, and it was a censorship of the Bible. 
in any speech, pamphlet, book, broadcast, billboard, anything that would oppose not only homosexuality, but cohabitation, people shacking up without being married, and so on. And we pointed out, we had a panel discussion, a press conference, American Right to Life was a part of it, Janet Folger, Kevin Swanson, that's Czech Christian Home Educators, State Rep Kevin Lundberg. We pointed out that even the Bible is criminalized by this law, and this law, in fact, right now, is in force in Colorado. They're just waiting, as we said at the time, they will wait a good long time to get an especially unsavory defendant at just the right time in history before they invoke this law against Christian teaching on biblical morality. Built it. I said, we don't need anything more than just steel cabinet. No, we got to have a decent archive. And so Matt took care of all of that. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty exciting. You know, Judith has so many incredible stories. The, I remember the first conversation on the phone with her, and she was telling me about when they raided her office. And she, yeah. she just briefly mentioned it in this conversation, but this was, this was a conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was virtually chased through her whole life because she refused to back down. And she was willing to tell the truth and expose it for what it was. Right. And is even right. still today. Right. And when she's, when she talks about, uh, and I, she's mentioned earlier in other podcasts about doing work for the FBI. That's Stop not the exa- tape. Stop the tape. So Judith is extraordinary. Like I said, a quarter of a century friend of Bob in your life. By the way, her efforts against the founder of Wikipedia, the other co-founder has just announced that he's starting an encyclosphere. It's not exactly a competition to Wikipedia. Larry Sanger, he blasted the site for its left-wing bias and propaganda. He said, for example, the articles on socialism and communism contain no discussion of the genocides committed by socialist and communist regimes. How's that? So he's starting an encyclosphere, which is fascinating. We have that on our website, kgov.com slash Wikipedia. Judith was a warrior in the fight to protect human beings from sexual immorality. On our website, we have two pages in particular, kgov.com slash immorality and kgov.com slash pornography. There is so much to learn. There is so much power in understanding God's word and that God says that sexual immorality, it's not only a sin, it's also a crime. Hollywood and the Me Too movement, I recall commenting on a Los Angeles Times article about a Hollywood producer, Gary Goddard, accused of sexual misconduct by eight former child actors. And my comment there was that Hollywood will never respect women off camera until they respect them on camera. As long as the media and the culture uses women and children for that matter, especially today, openly 
as sex objects, of course women are going to be treated horrifically and the victims of sexual harassment and sexual assault in epidemic numbers. So again, those two pages, kgov.com slash pornography and kgov.com slash immorality. Our battle is to not only warn people about the harm, but to fight to recriminalize adultery. We're going to miss Judith Reisman, but not for a long time, because soon enough we'll all be with the Lord, all of us who love him, or for those who don't, they'll get their wish and live forever without him. But uh, can't wait to see Dr. Reisman again. And what an honor to have been a part of promoting her work. This is Bob Enyart. May God bless you.